Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson, and me, Ben Hobson. Today, we're talking with former pro cyclist and now runner, Adam Blythe. How are you, Rick? I'm very well, mate. I did uh, a repeat of my run to uh, to and from Greenwich. You are you are but a creature of habit, Rick. Yeah, I am actually. It's true. I really am. Uh, so it's about 15 miles, and I think other runners, I hope, will agree with this. But when you start piecing together a few sort of 15, 16 mile like long runs, your mind inevitably goes to the marathon because you're like, <laughs> I'm, do- I'm doing these. Like I'm doing these 16, but like you're not far away from like an 18 miler and then a 20 miler and if you've done a 20 miler then like you're building up to something so it's quite it's quite a funny feeling of of doing this feeling like i'm getting fitter but there being very little prospect of of a race in which i can actually uh use this fitness but um it's been nice it's been nice to get out obviously the weather's made a, a huge difference so um uh yeah but i have got my eyes on on the autumn and if there is a marathon that is on uh i might have a go at a pb but it's a huge if isn't it because who knows if, if like marathon's gonna be... that that escalated quickly mate i know didn't it yeah it really did didn't it i'm enjoying my, my running at the moment and i've done 15 miles oh by the way i'm gonna do a marathon and i'm gonna set a pb <laughs> yeah yeah you're right i think um i remember when i did the the north downs last year like um that 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 was off the back of a really good run commute with a bag and i was like Cool, I've, I've done uh, seven miles in an hour with a heavy bag. Presumably, I can go and run 100 miles. So it's, it's strange how the mind can work. <laughs> Just a small glimmer of hope and immediately a year. And I'll be yeah. doing the uh, South Downs Way 100 again this year. Exactly, exactly. Um, so beat that, Ben. How, what, what have you been up to? Um, uh, I've just been enjoying some nice casual running, which has not inspired me to do anything more than casual running. <laughs> well, that's okay. You know, it's a broad shirt. It's great, mate. No, it's been lovely. Um, I think the sun, the sun has been has been out, and that makes everything nice. Um, our guest this week, Adam, talked a bit about going out and doing sort of bursts where you get your heart rate up, and I'm I, I'm with him on that. I've been I've been um, I've been doing more of that as a sort of focus on form and. Uh, all the things that come with um, running fast, I kind of feel like if I'm going to, as I build back up into running, you know, it's it's a lot of strength work. It's a lot of working out what what, what I need to build on to make my body feel more elastic. Uh, you know, after last week's podcast with um, oh, wasn't that good with Shane? With so Shane. inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was, yeah. I was thinking about that as I was moving. I was thinking, you know, he was right. Change a few things, and your body will adapt. It's not a it's not a, I don't have to be mechanical I can be elastic and move nicely and, mm. and that's so that's what I was that's was that was at the forefront of my mind as I sort of went out and tried to do some 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 more running and a few more efforts and all these sorts of things so it's been yeah, yeah it's been nice mate I've been doing a bit of not not no run, no watch running as well so yeah. um just sort of going by feel not having the sort of like put it on Strava pressure just keeping mm. it to myself and 
I mean, putting out Strava is not really a pressure, is it? But it's 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 an account of what you've done, and I don't really feel like that's necessary. So I've been doing just a bit of like effort, but just going by not even by what heart rate feels like, really, just going mm. by effort. So it's, it's been well, really I think, good. I think that's good, mate. Yeah, just go back to the the Shane interview because I've been like you, yeah, I've been thinking about what he said, and I liked what he said when he, he talked about how you perceive how you're moving has a, has a real actual effect on how you're moving. So if you think that you're elastic and you think that you have this kind of um, energy source of fascia tapping into that, actually that mm. will you will start to run in a more elastic way purely just by thinking about it. Quite empowering, actually. You don't have to do anything different. You, just have to, you do literally have to think about your movement in a different way. And I, I was 100% guilty of thinking um, that the, the ground contact time and... and, and uh, you know, the contact with the ground was was the enemy, and that you know, powering off and you know, um, impact and those sorts of things were were kind of like I've got to negate those things as much as possible. So you sort of develop a very sort of high cadency, shuffly sort of yeah. running. Yeah. That that you know, um, exponents of high cadence have always said that that's you know will keep you injury free if you run with a higher cadence because you reduce the amount of ground contact time and, and those sorts of things. But Actually, you know what? I, I I flicked the switch a bit and went. Well, if I want my major muscles to work properly, then they're going to have to hit the floor. Prop, you know, I'm going to have to engage with the floor properly. So, you know, that drive and that push and making sure that my quads are, you know, the impact and and you know, you've got to make sure that your feet are landing beneath you and not in front of you. But yeah, it was it was nice. It was kind of a nice reset to just sort of think about things in a, as you say, like change some pathways and and. Uh, and think about it in a, in a in a different way. So yeah, it was good. That, that's been that's been that's been very good. I uh, have enjoyed that. I really agree with you about the cadence thing because I think yeah, we're told, aren't we? And I think Shane is a fan of like the one eighty cadence, like like you know how how most great runners run at that kind of one eighty cadence. But a lot of people, it beca- what that ends up translating as is like you say, this really short stride, this kind of very choppy short stride that isn't very graceful or powerful, and actually. He's he's more about like kind of expanding that stride length whilst keeping a high cadence and 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 getting a little bit more air. Actually, that's that's the route to to faster, more graceful running. And I think that I think he's right. I think he's right. I think it's something that you know, I, uh, something that I could absolutely apply to my running. And I'll see how it goes because at the moment, you know, all, all all bets are off. Just try new stuff. Well, hey, you've got an opportunity coming up then because it's Global Running Day on it Wednesday. Is. And, uh, As if we it. needed more of an excuse. <laughs> and it's hard, this stuff, isn't it? It's a, I feel like it's, is it in the same bracket as like Mother's Day and Father's Day, where it's like, you know, getting told that a day is that that's the running day. But maybe we, you know, but also it's a good annual celebration of running. So I, I want to be positive about it. But every day, every day is a running day, you know. I see, I know what you mean. Of course, it's just like, well, you know, I go running every day. What makes this day special? But maybe it's, you know, just to highlight community. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. And we're doing this virtual relay aren't we which sounds very we modern are. so we've got 12 people 12 people everyone doing an hour 7 a.m to 7 p.m um i think i've got you down for the four o'clock four to that, five which shift is, which is perfect it's my favorite time to run yeah so if, if anyone spots an elastic looking runner <laughs> in the, over in east london they know it's they'll know it's you they will guaranteed <laughs> um oh do you want a bit of pseudoscience yes please this is a good one because you're talking about running qu- more quickly. And I think um, hill running is often talked about as kind of sprinting in disguise. Um, so so this is, an, this is a, a study published in the International Journal of Scientific Research uh, found that 
club level middle distance runners, so people who are already running regularly, they did um, basically they did six weeks or they did twelve weeks of of hill training. One group did uh, hill training twice a week, and one group didn't do any hill training, but they were all of them were running regularly and were fit uh, before this. And after only six weeks, there was a marked difference between the people who were, who started hill training, um, and they showed. Uh, I think VO2 max was up, resting heart rate was down. Uh, one other marker of fitness was was affected as well. And uh, even after not hill training, then again after this twelve week period, four weeks after, those improvements uh, between the groups remain the same. So, hitting the hills, Ben. That is more evidence to suggest hitting the hills is is really really crucial to to, to runners of all abilities. Oh Ben, can you uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the runner and the bear? It's not a kind of children's bedtime story. This 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 actually happened. It sounded like the start of a really bad joke. Um, <laughs> no, I can I can tell you a story about a runner and a bear, uh, which a, a man called Francis um, is happy to be alive and well after being chased. Uh, and charged by a black bear in the remote uh, in the remote community of Hills, British Columbia. Um, yeah, this guy was out for a run, and a, a bear uh, came for him. Wow! And, you know, and as you imagine, that's 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 a pretty scary thing to have happened. Um, so basically, he he survived this um, by climbing a tree, um, and. In my head, that that is a is a is an immediate red flag because I'm pretty sure bears can climb trees. Yeah, that's anyway. my take on it. I'm like, what? What? That they they climb trees, don't they? they that, well, they do. Not, so yeah. the bear the bear climbed another tree nearby, um, as as our man Francis continued to scream and uh, shook the tree in an attempt to scare it off, um, and it seemed to work. The bear went away, but um, so 15 minutes he waited up this tree, thinking it was safe, and he comes back down, but. Um, the bear had been waiting and it came <laughs> at him and it came at him again. So he, um, yeah, he had to, uh, he had to scramble back up the tree, back up the tree again. Re- um, Recline the tree. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And the bear, the bear would left and came back every 10 minutes for two hours whilst he, oh while he, whilst he clung to the tree. And, um, yeah, he, the, the, the tree itself, they weren't, the branches weren't big enough to support him. So he actually literally had to cling to the tree like a sort of koala bear. My God. Until he was, until he was thankfully rescued by. Hold on, um, another bear, the good bear. No, so th- <laughs> thankfully Matt, the hero of this story, Matt, who's head of the uh, Hills Emergency S- S- Services Society, came along because he heard the yelling from his nearby home, and he went wow. out, to, went out to find him. So there you go. I do I often mean, think this. Yeah, like we were lucky, aren't we, in the UK that we, like, what we'd be. You might get stung by a wasp. Or a bee. Yeah, you might, you might, you might see a disgruntled badger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't we, like, but I mean, just fair play to him. But fifteen minutes clung to a tree trunk. Well, for, wow. and then two hours. Oh, of course, yeah, two, well, two hours um, clinging to a tree while this bear sort of lopes around looking angry. So there you go. That's a bit terrifying. Great story. Great story. Oh, um, I tell you what, we we should try and get him on the podcast, shouldn't we? That'd be amazing. What the bear? <laughs> No, uh, Francis, the tree oh, hugger. Our, our man Francis. Yeah, we should. We should. We should. We'll, we'll try and do that. We'll use our power. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, come down from your tree and come onto the podcast. <laughs> right, we should get our guest of the week on. Let's let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Guest of the week here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone could be an athlete. 
former British road race champion, he beat some bloke called Mark Cavendish, I have you know. Adam Blythe retired from riding his bike professionally at the end of last year and has since been enjoying life away from the peloton and has been discovering the joys of running. Adam Blythe, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me. Um, how long were you a professional bike rider? Uh, professionally I was 10 years at the highest level um, and then a couple of years amateur and then obviously when you were when I was growing up, that doesn't count as being a professional. So ten years proper professional, but twenty five years um, racing my bike. I started racing when I was five, so for a long, long, long time. Yeah, it's. Quite, I mean, it's a very similar trajectory, I guess, as, as any sort of athlete takes. As in, you 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 adopt these things early doors when you're a kid, and it kind of like the passion that you have of, and the fun you get out of it as a kid suddenly becomes something that you want to pursue as you get older. Yeah, definitely, I'd say so. I think. The, the more I got into it, and I think, you know, my mid-20s, uh, especially when I had my first child, uh, well, when we had my first child, should I say, we, um, the it's not the love for it never died, but the importance of what was more important to me, um, cycling took a, a back seat compared to my children. So, um, yeah, it started dying down after that, but it's definitely, I think, when you start so young and you've got such a big passion for it, and then being able to do it and be paid to do it, it was certainly, um, I'm not going to say a dream come true, because I think, you know, it's dreams are not about just that. But yeah, <laughs> um, it was definitely a pleasure to be able to do that. And was running ever part of your training schedule when you were as kind of the height of your career? Um, weirdly on the bike, never. So when I was, tra- any, anything around bike riding and running generally don't mix that well just because of the impact on your knees um so once in the winter you sort of have a month off of, of generally no no bike and just to clear the head really to leave it alone and just you know what you take such an amount of time off so you look forward to getting back on the bike and you can do other sports in the meantime and I like to do a bit of running but you have to be so so cautious with your knees I mean there's no impact on your knees in cycling so soon as you run out that door and you know you you're very very fit as a cyclist so you can run if you can run all right then you can run quite quickly straight away and you can run for a long time quickly but the impact that has on your knees that are not used to it can um yeah it can ruin a career sadly so no we got told to avoid it and I avoided it just just for that reason really yeah I think that that's um a real common uh unfortunate downside of, of your engine is real good as a cyclist you've got all this this you know and you're really used to effort and you can put that uh you know how to put yourself in a box and make yourself hurt a little bit so when it comes to running people immediately go like yeah I've got this this is this is me because it's very similar but as you say from a very linear and non-impact sport like cycling to a sort of all planes of movement quite impactful sort of thing that the, the, the two things aren't very um complementary no, they're not at all. I went out the other night and um, I've been saying for a long time, oh, I'm just going to do a half marathon. I'm going to do a half marathon just to see how fast I can do it. And I'm relatively, I'm not at all unfit, but I'm a lot um, less fit than I was when I was racing. That's for sure. And I, I set off the other night and I've got um, I've got an old bridleway just, uh, just outside my house here and I can run. It's 14 miles long. So I was like, I'll just run, you know, 10 and a bit K down there and run 10 and a bit K back. But it's just, I was so... I know it sounds daft, but when you get like into 40 minutes in, I was just like, oh God, I'm bored. I'm just going to go on the road for a bit and go up and down a few hills. And I started doing that. But obviously running on the road then, I have to start going up hills and all that kind of stuff. And my stomach 
Oh, I got back and my stomach was in bits. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It wasn't my legs. It was just my stomach. It's awful. It's really interesting when you... um. And this is why we wanted to, to talk to you, because you get people who whose career is based around sport and they train at the highest level and they perform at the highest level, but they may not have been runners. And then all of a sudden, you know, athletes take on running and it's just these you, you, people assume that, that straight away it's going to be like, oh, no, well, they're athletes. They can crack on with it. But running is a real leveler. It has this great ability to just um, take anyone who, who thought previously that they were, you know, in good nick and suddenly make them realize that there's a lot of stuff going on that they're probably not so great at. Oh yeah, it, it can destroy you for sure. <laughs> I um, yeah, I set off and I, this run I was like really. I don't think I'm a slow runner, but I don't for sure I'm not the fastest runner that's ever lived. But I think I can run at a reasonable rate. And I set off down this bridle path and I was like, right, if I run at four and a half minute k's, I can do um, for a minute, uh, an hour and a half or a half marathon, which I'll be dead happy with. And I set off down this and I got five k in. And I was like, right, I'm gonna go on the road now. And it started going up and down. And honestly, as soon as I started going up and down, everything started to hurt a lot more. And my pace went down. And I had stress about my pace going down. So I started sprinting up hills. And <laughs> it was just, oh, it was a nightmare. I was so, like, at the end of it, I was so pissed off. I didn't just stay on this bloody path that was flat and straight. But yeah, it definitely got me. But you, you obviously choose to run, Adam. So like, what is it that um, that kind of drew you? to running because obviously it does come with its own hardships yeah I think you know the ease of it I think as as a site when I retired it was it was in the winter um and I got to around Christmas time and I was like oh my god my waistline is expanding quickly <laughs> um so I was like I need to do some sport and I wasn't really it's not that I wasn't in the mood for a bike ride but in the winter to go out on the bike you you ride basically at double the speed you do running and it's not necessarily you don't have the right clothes to wear, but it's just the amount you have to wear. It's all the wind chill and everything. So when you go out on a bike, you've got like four layers on. You've got overshoes to put on your over your over your cycling shoes, and it's just to get ready. It'll take you twenty five minutes, and you go out on your bike. You do an hour or whatever it is, and then inevitably your bike's going to be dirty. So you've got to wash that. That's another twenty five minutes. You get back. Then you have to get all your clothes off, get a shower. That's by the time you've done an hour's bike ride, it's like two hours of faffing. Whereas a run, I can just literally just put a pair of shorts on, a vest and a jumper, and just literally go out the door. That's it. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
So for that, I loved it, and it was um, it was about not being really efficient at running as well. I think um, when I went out on the bikes, I've been doing it for so long, I was very efficient, and um, my body was so used to it that it wouldn't have the effect that I wanted it to from doing a one-hour ride. I'd really have to try so hard to get the calories that I wanted to burn, whereas for a run... I could like go out the door and my heart rate would just go whack straight up to like 170. I could do half an hour's run and I'd feel I'd feel knackered after it, but it's just naturally my heart rate went a lot higher. Whereas on the bike, as I said, because I'm so efficient, for me to get my heart rate that high, it'd be a full effort, and it was just that mental block of going, oh, I can't, I can't go out and do that. Whereas a run, it was so much, it was just natural. It was literally just go out the door, two minutes in and my heart race, sky high. So for that, I just loved it for the, the simplicity of it being hard the whole time. Well, as hard as you make it, but mm. um, yeah, for that reason, really. That's interesting. It's almost like, I remember chatting to Ronnie O'Sullivan, who's a, who's a, obviously a fantastic snooker player and, and a, a pretty pretty decent runner as well. And I think part of the appeal for him was that Although he was a good runner, he wasn't brilliant at it. It wasn't like when he picks up a snooker cue and he and like you know he's like an artist. It was like this was something that he had to try pretty hard at, and he was you know in you know decent but not you know setting the world alight. Was was that a kind of part of the appeal for you as well? That it was this was something that you weren't there wasn't the same pressure, I guess. Yeah, there wasn't any pressure, but it was also like the the challenge as well. I think <clears throat> I know people that have done a bit of running and that kind of stuff and it was just more of the fact that it was like oh, can I go that fast do you think I could do that and when all that five especially now uh, this lockdown start there was that run 5k donate 5k wasn't there I saw loads of people going out and there was like footballers going out and running at like 17 18 minutes and I was just like but it's not that quick <laughs> and I was like you guys are like fit as you can be um, you run around all day, but yet you can only run that fast. I mean, it's to me, I just couldn't, I just couldn't comprehend it. So I was like, right, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna try and run a 18 minute 5k. Um, so it was that kind of motivation where it was just a, like a bit satisfying for me. Also, if I can do it, say, oh, yeah, I've still got it a little bit. Um, but more of the fact just to just to highlight that, you know. It, Runners who are really fast at running go a lot quicker than that. And the guys that are footballers that say they're fast at running, you're not really, are you? <laughs> no offence if any footballers are listening. It can be, I agree, it can be surprising, can't it? Because it's like 5K is quite applicable to football. It's kind of like endurance and speed. And um, yeah, they're, they're all sort of, yeah, they're, they're decent, aren't they? They're kind of a lot of them running kind of like 18.30. But that's not, so, I mean, given that the world record for running is, exactly, is more like yeah. 12.30, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a long, long well, way off, the thing, I, I did yeah. an 18.30 yeah. after um, half a bottle of wine and a, <laughs> and a cider. So if I can do that after that, then yeah, <laughs> need to up the game a bit. So what is that, I mean, <laughs> that sounds like an inc- a very, that sounds like quite a normal approach within the world of running that I know. Um, so it's do the you best think, approach. Do you think you would... Um, do you think you take on a sort of a, a, a training plan with running? Have you got aspirations? Now you've done your half marathon, have you got aspirations to do something faster or further or anything like that? Um, I think if I went completely flat down this bridal way, I think I could probably take five minutes off my time, um, which I think, you know, it's nice to know that. Eventually I'll get around to doing it again, but there's just no, there's no drive to do a marathon. There's no 
ambition to do it really it's just more of the fact that just going out and challenging myself to to try and do a time or just generally just to, to stay fit really um so no where i live at the minute is just on the edge of the peak district so it is either um pan flat down this bridle path that i keep mentioning or it is like uphill up seven or eight percent climbs 12 percent climbs a lot of trail running which i really do enjoy um but the satisfaction of doing times and comparing those times to people i quite enjoy although i say that i use my strava when i go trail running i've i've nicked one strava running strava already which is good um but some of them yeah just no chance so you i mean you're still you're still very much like you you find the competitive side of it is the kind of the motivator you're not like you haven't quite zenned out into the sort of like running is now my peaceful at, at ease moment where i can just enjoy my surroundings you like the challenge of it oh no i, I run i go I, I can never go out for a run slowly <laughs> it's just boring if i go out i'm like right heart rate up to 180 and let's just go for it let's hold it <laughs> it's great but i say it's great it's great i love doing it but it's just um it's just more of like a, a workout really just go and just go and push yourself for half an hour and get a lot out of it really mean um you know protecting your knees now that you have to have you been doing your strength and conditioning work uh i've been doing quite a bit in the gym but now i don't have to worry about it anymore i think um i think a lot of it as well is getting used to running um and when i didn't run before i was just in a crappy pair of just old nike running shoes now i've like got all them bloody i don't know what they're called nike zoom things i've got a sole on them that's like a platform Oh yeah, the the the, the Nike Vaporfly four percent. No, yeah. I've not got them yet. I've got the like the next ones down, so for like everyday running or something. But um, yeah, so I've just got them, and I think you know, I think having that little bit of extra comfort and everything does obviously help. But I mean, you, you'll find yourself getting into a whole world of kit slowly but shortly. That's 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 for sure. Oh, do you know the worst thing is I went out the other day this half marathon I did, and I didn't have anything to put my phone in. And I technically don't need my phone, but I wanted music on. And um, I didn't have anything apart from this like old bum bag <laughs> that's got like a leather strap on it. Uh, it's a big leather bum bag as well. So I like strapped that around my waist. But after like 6K, I was like, oh, God, it's just like digging in my stomach too much. So then I wrapped it around my shoulders and my neck. And I like every 2K, I had to change it. So then obviously I got home and I had to order one of them things to put around your chest that you can store your phone in and all that kind of stuff now. So go yeah it's already, taken it's already investing already in the good stuff that's good to hear do you think that a lot of um pro cyclists like had they made different decisions and, and concentrated on running in their youth could have become do you think in some ways it, it could be interchangeable as, as so far as what you need to succeed in, in either sport yeah i'd say so i think you know if a lot of like the longer distance stuff for sure i think that certainly cyclists i know um a couple of them now still do running um, when they're still professionals still and I think a lot of them can do it um, but I guess it's just you know I think when you're at school and all these things runnings you do it every day when you're at school you run if it's around a football pitch whatever it is or so I think all kids can run but I think a lot of them you know by the time you get to can you make it as a cyclist you never really think back to being a runner if that makes sense yeah yeah um, it's probably almost too late but you just I think if you really want to make it as a cyclist, if you want to make it as a runner, you need to commit fully to that. I don't think 
it's like anything these days. I don't think willy-nilly you can rock in when you're 25 anymore and be like, oh, just to let you know, I'm, I've decided to be a runner. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think you definitely can do it, but I think it's just committing to one sport, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just look at some some sort of of the smaller rugby players or the bigger footballers and think if you, if you probably concentrated on the other sport as a kid or went to a different school or whatever, whatever the kind of, whatever changes that decision for you, they could probably do either. Apparently Gary Lineker was really good at cricket as well. And I think there, there are some of these people, aren't they? Just kind of, you think you, you were going to be a sportsman and, and actually what sport you picked was slightly kind of a bit of luck. Yeah. I think so. I think as well, I think it's, I think it's what you've got the passion for. I think when I was younger, uh, I did a lot of running as well. I did a lot of like cross country running and things, but it was just more of a other oh, schools doing that. Do you want to go and have a go at it? I'd be like, yeah, all right, fair enough. I never really thought anything of it, um, and I guess it's just realizing that you can do something well and then committing to it. Because I think when you're in school, if you're naturally talented in sport, it's like Gary Lineker. You could probably, when you're, you know, fourteen, fifteen, you could probably say I'll do three sports or four sports or. I think the older you get, the the more niche you have to be and pick one and concentrate on making a living out of it. Well, that was a nice segue, Rick, into um, my a little quiz that I've got Oh, together. brilliant. I love it when you do a quiz. It's like a Zoom it's call, a, this. It's, it, it is a short quiz. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is lockdown life now. It's a pub quiz. Brilliant. Um, this is the, the, the who are the fastest cyclists at running quiz. Oof. Right. So there's a there's a new breed of cyclists coming through these days who've who've, who've dabbled in, in in the dark arts of running and I'm going to see if you can I'm going to give you a couple of clues and you can see if you can guess who they are. Yeah. Um, the this EF Pro Cycling Team uh, rider once ran a sub four minute mile in Whoa. his youth. Uh, is he American? He is. Oh uh, no, he's not. Oh wow. North American, should we say? Alex Howes. No. Oh, no idea then. <laughs> it, it, it was it was Michael Rusty Woods. Oh really? Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me actually. It's a sub yeah. four minute he, mile. He, like that's that's yeah. Yeah, he was he was he was he was like youth Canadian champ or something. Jesus, fair played. I mean, that, yeah, that, there there's go. a guy who could have who who could have picked right for sure. Well, yeah. he stopped running because of stress fractures. Ah, well, they probably picked up the bike to stay fit. And Bob's your uncle. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I think that's Quite the story. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, um, so this is this a former teammate of yours, I think. I might have got that wrong, but um, I've had a lot uh, of them. <laughs> he, this former teammate of yours, enjoyed taking part in an obstacle race called the Survival Run. Do you know who oh that might be? God, um, it's like no. an obstacle. It, it, it think it's a, it's a, it was it was Lotto rider. Is he Belgium? Yeah. Is it Gilbert? It wasn't. Wow. Oh. It was Tish. Ah, oh, Tish Benut. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, there you go. So that. um, We're back to the EF uh, pro cycling again. They seem to have a a, a little a little liking of runners. Um, But which which current pro was a fifteen hundred meter specialist before he took up bike bike racing? Oh my god, I should know all this, but I've no idea. Literally not a clue. Is it Michael Rusty Woods again? (laughs) (laughs) This is Jimmy Whelan. Really? Yeah. See, I think there's some similarities between running and cycling. Yeah, there interestingly, you both sort of middle distance runners as well. Fifteen hundred and yeah, there's a lot yeah. of that. Mm. Mm. And here we go, last one. 
back in October 2019, Team Ineos rider Owen Duhl posted a three posted a three mile run in San Francisco. But how fast do you think he ran it? Slowly. <laughs> Slowly. No Owen Duhl, he had a hangover. Uh, how many is three miles? What? Just 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 shy of five k. Uh, Twenty one minutes. Ooh, Sl- slower. You were kind. You, you Twenty three minutes. Just just under twenty four minutes. Oh, there you Twenty three fifty eight. He's built not built for running, is he? <laughs> I, I, San Francisco is hilly. That's what I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that for Owen. But yeah, it, it, it can be flat though. Yeah. It can. He, his route didn't look. It didn't look mountainous where he, he was. He he could he could not make it. the switch. I think we we can say that definitively. He's not about to make the switch to pro running. Um, off no. the back of that, I tell you who could make the switch is Tom Pidcock. The oh, little, yeah, but that, he's a machine, isn't he? He is, yeah. He did a 5k in, I think it was like 16 and a half minutes, wow. on the lower side of half of that. Yeah, he's rapid. Mm. He's amazing. Was he cur- he's, talent. He's current, talent coming out of his ears, yeah. a little bugger. He does, he really does. Was he currently like under 23 world champ? Yeah, under 23 Cyclocross. world champ. Uh, second um, elite, actually, in the world champ yeah. cyclocross. He was, yeah, yeah. He's, um, unbelievable. It's amazing, actually. This is completely non-running based, but cyclocross seems to breed a whole world of of different level of athlete, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think you know, you really do have to be. We talked about going running for an hour, where you just go out your door and go. You can go quite hard for an hour without realizing. And I think cyclocross, you literally you go up to your limit straight away from the start, and then it's just about going over your limit for. A, a couple of seconds, 20 seconds, going back down to your limit, going over your limit. And it's just that whole running, uh, riding at your threshold, but then having little spikes the whole way through it. And yeah, bringing running into that as well is, yeah, it's hardcore. Basically a, a, a cross-country mm. race, but with a bike and you jump, you, you, you mix between the two. So you'll ride your bike in through the mud and then the, the, the really muddy steep bits, you'll jump off and run up with it and then you jump back on again so and keep brutal, going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, horrific it's it's really is horrific but that's that's why i think someone like pidcock could uh would probably do pretty well yeah definitely for sure 100 percent. i think that a lot of people kind of feel quite tribal about running in some ways they kind of very much associate as a as a runner and then maybe the same is true of cycling where people think of themselves very much in that in that bracket as a cyclist and 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 some people don't think there's there's too much that either sort of tribe has in, has in common and culturally they're quite different. Do you, do you think that's true though? Or do you think actually that there's lots and lots of, of similarities between cycling and running? Uh, I think, you know, physically on what it demands, mm. it's quite similar. Uh, I think both worlds are obviously very different. Um, I think running, you know, I don't know enough about it. I'm sure it's quite technical. I'm sure there's so many things that you can do. What we call in cycling as marginal gains. I'm yeah. sure there's so much mm-hmm. of that in running that I don't know about as well. But um, I definitely think, you know, the physical side of it is very similar. I think you've got to have a good set of lungs to do it. You need to have a quite a high pain threshold. And I think it's just about getting into that zone of being able to um, to suffer. And I think everyone's pain threshold is very different, whereas I'd, I'd like to say cyclists' pain threshold are quite high as as with runners and you have to hold that threshold for a lot longer than you do in any any sport really do you think that do you think you learn so that a bit at, like through through doing it or do you think people are kind of some people are just tougher in that aspect than than others 
I think within cycling, people are tougher than others within cycling, and I'm sure within running, no one's got the the same pain threshold. I think Peter Sargon doesn't even have lactate, <laughs> doesn't even exist in his body. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, I think the more you do something, the more you get used to doing it. And I think once you learn to to suffer um, as much as you can learn, I think it makes, it doesn't make your life easier because you're just bringing up your pain threshold higher <laughs> and you're getting used to it more, but it does make things easier if you're transitioning I guess yeah it's that quote isn't it it, it never gets easy you just get faster which is I think unfo- yeah, exactly. unfortunately that's true <laughs> it's so true so annoyingly true thank you so much Adam for for joining us on the podcast will we um keeping an eagle eye on your Strava make sure you're you're getting out there and getting the miles in oh god don't 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 at all <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for joining us pleasure thanks for having me guys so that brings us to the end of this week's One as World podcast. A big thanks to our guest, Adam Blythe, and to you, of course, for listening. The Run as World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, and all of your favourite podcast apps. Just search Run as World UK. Thanks again for listening, and tune in next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.